0: recipe yeah cheers so good. oh hey you just caught us sipping our tea uh you know on sunday afternoon so uh thanks for tuning in let us know that you're out there and also remember it is national scott day that's not a joke google it so holiday. yeah
1: heads up fun stuff today. About five minutes in, we have child dedication. It's so awesome
0: seeing all those precious children being blessed by God. Mm-hmm, Isn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to hand you this. Thank um, you. Yeah, so now you got both. We encourage you to take your first steps into life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Would you stop by at Mayo High School for one of the services at 915 and at 1045 a.m. on Sundays? We would love to meet you.
1: We hope that you will find Echo to be your place, your people, and your purpose. It can all be found in one space. It's what we're all looking for, somebody to drink tea with. (laughs) Uh,
0: And we want to thank you for your obedience to God's word with the giving of your tithe and more. If you're looking to give, head to our website or simply Venmo us at, at We Are The Echo Church. Enjoy the online service. One more cheers. Cheers. That's three. Over the water see we come
1: Is why we have child dedication. We base child dedication out of the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. And Mary and Joseph, in the book of Luke, they dedicate Jesus back to the Lord. So today, here at Echo Church, we are doing four things. We are presenting these children back to God, we are praising God and thanking Him for these children, we are speaking into their purpose, their plan. And we are asking God to bless these children as we pray over them. And Sam's just gonna give a little biblical background and context. Yes, good
2: morning, good morning. How beautiful are the cries of children, huh? I know that sounds sarcastic, but there's breath in their lungs. And they're communicating this morning, which is so beautiful. Um, and we we love it. Uh, Psalm 127.1 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain, right? We can build our children up in a lot of different ways. We can build them up with affirmations and responsibility and discipline. But if we are not creating a foundation of faith in Jesus, it is all in vain. Verses three and four go on to say, children are a heritage from the Lord, like arrows in in the hands of warriors are children born in one's youth. What you see on this stage today, it is an inheritance from the Lord and when we remember that and we recognize that, um, we can then cultivate a culture of God's inheritance which creates legacies for years and years to come. And I love the visual of our children being arrows, arrows in the hands of warriors. You know, an arrow, it's it's a weapon, it's aimed for a specific destination, like an arrow is powerful. But what's even more important, I think, is whose hands the arrow is in. Okay, it says in a warrior, a warrior knows his weapon. He knows how to yield it and how to use it. An arrow in the hands of someone that is not trained is dangerous, right? It's our responsibility as parents, but yes, as the community around these children, that to take that responsibility seriously, to truly know the children that are in our lives, to raise them up to be who God created us to be. Echo, is committed to remember this when it comes to our families. Our children are not our own, they are a gift from God. Therefore, we understand that we are called to cultivate and care for them. Biblically, we see examples that we are called to give God our children and in return, God gives them back to you. Child dedication is actually inspired by a story in 1 Samuel, Um, it's about Hannah. Hannah was barren she was not able to have children. And after many, many years, God answered her prayer and she promised God, if you give me a child, God, I beg you, I promise you that I will give him back to you for your service. And she did. And that small action, when God answered that prayer, that small action of her giving him back to Jesus is what ultimately led Mary and Joseph to dedicating Jesus at the temple when he was born. So today at Echo, we're gonna do our best to follow that biblical example and dedicate our children to God.
1: So this time we're gonna, I'm gonna be reading through some statements and this is a moment for you parents to declare what I'm saying and to pray over these statements, okay? So as I say each statement, you can simply respond with I do, all right? So do you recognize that your child is a gift from God and give thanks for the blessing your life has with their gift? I do give thanks. Do you dedicate your child to God who gave you your child? You're doing great. Do you pledge as Christ followers to raise your children or child up in a Christian home looking to Jesus for direction, wisdom, compassion, and guidance? Do you promise to give your child every possible benefit of home, school, and church? Do you promise to pray for your child on a regular basis, leaning on God for God to bless your child? And do you ask God to bless your child, to guide, to direct, and to guard, leading your child for all of their days? All right, so by agreeing with these promises, you are agreeing with God that your child is a child of God. Amen, amen. Uh, we love to
2: take a minute on child dedication and pray over every child. And, and one one part of that uh, prayer is we say every child's name and then what their name means. So we're going to take a minute um, to explain that to you and then just to pray for every child. And um, you're welcome to participate if you want to reach your hand out. You're welcome to, um, or you know, just to um, be in agreement with us as we continue. So over here we have the amazing Luke Daniel, <laughs> Luke, bringer of light. God is my judge and my strength.
1: All right, and we're gonna pray. God, we just pray and lift up Luke Daniel to you, Lord. And I just pray for his amazing parents, Austin and Sarah, God. And I just pray for you to continue guiding them, God. I pray for purpose in this season. I pray for purpose in Luke's life, God. He is a miracle of you, God. And we just declare big things over his life. We pray for you to set him apart. We pray for purpose. We pray for boldness, God. And just, we just claim this in your name, God. I pray for creative ways for his parents just to love him and guide him and direct him in your name. Amen.
2: Amen. Okay, and then here we have Mr. Avery Emerson. Your name means wise, rooted, brave, and powerful. Oh, God, thank you so much for Mr. Avery. Lord, we are so thankful for his beautiful presence. God, we pray that his life is truly rooted in who you are, that he has opportunity at every corner to know you, to love you, and to love your people. God, that you would just be with him no matter where he goes and that nothing stops him from fulfilling your purposes. Amen. Okay, now fourth. we have the whole fam. Guys, check out the sun fam. Okay, we have the oldest, Kylie. Hello, you look beautiful in your purple dress. Kylie Grace, which means remarkable, enduring strength, graceful. Okay, we have Eisen Douglas, powerful, determined. And then we have twins. We have Roman Lewin, meaning strong and courageous. And we have Phoenix Ray, uniquely remarkable, wise protector.
1: All right, and we're gonna pray for this beautiful family. God, we just lift up this incredible family to you right now, God, and we just declare these four children to you. God, I pray as Sean and Lindsay are in the thick of it in parenting. Ears, God, I pray for the daily discipline, the daily wins. God, I pray for direction. I pray for grace, God, and I just pray for you and what you have for them over this family, God. I pray for your voice to be heard in the chaos. I pray for creative ways for them just to lift up every single child, God. Even if it's five minutes of one-on-one time, God, these children have purpose and you have a plan for them, God, and I, they are uniquely designed and created by you, God, and. I just pray for everything represented in their home, God. I pray for victory, and I just pray for patience and peace and love. In your name, amen. Amen,
2: amen. Okay, next here we have Miss Madeline Joy. Madeline, I mean, high tower, place of safety. You know, a high tower is actually representative of a place that connects heaven to earth. I learned that when I was looking. I had never known that before. I thought that was so cool. Our little Miss Madeline here can connect us to heaven. And then, of course, joy. We all know joy. We're going to take a minute to pray over Madeline. Thank you, Lord, for Madeline's presence in our life. God, we pray that she just carries the presence of heaven with her Wherever she goes, in what she creates, in what she does, and just her simple, joyful presence that when she enters a room, it shifts, it changes. Everyone knows that your presence is there um, and that she just truly sets a mark in in this world, that it's never the same because of her beautiful presence. We love you. Amen. Oh, next, Mr. Grayson Merritt. Grayson, son of wisdom. And, oh, Boundary Gate. I thought, okay, I thought this is kind of weird, right? Boundary Gate with your name. But how cool of a boundary. I'm thinking of like protective borders. Like that this man is a protector. And a protector of this family. And a protector of his older brothers. That he comes in, he's like, this family is mine. And we are going places. (laughs) It's so sweet. I
1: love it. Go ahead, Christy. All right, we're going to pray for Grayson here. God, we just lift up Grayson to you right now, God. And as he is number three of these beautiful boys, God, I just see him as bringing joy. God, that he is just going to be creative, God. And I just pray for the ways that you're going to use his life, God. I pray for Catherine and Cordy as they lead him and parent him, God, that they can just be just uniquely designed in how to shepherd him, God. And I just see Grayson as just being wiser beyond his years, God. I pray for the joy. I pray for purpose, God. And we just lift him up, God, that we declare his life to you, that he's gonna do radical and great things, God, and that he's gonna teach us, God. And we just lift this up in your name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Love you, buddy.
2: Okay, next we have Miss Fiona Catherine Murphy, beautiful, pure warrior, oh man. I love the representation of a warrior. Let's pray for you, Fiona. Uh, God, thank you so much for this just beautiful light that you have given us. I love that word pure. God, may her heart be so pure to run and chase after you in this crazy world. Help her to fight for what is good. Help her to fight for what is godly. Help her to fight for light and and just Healing all around her. No, I know that you made her a very determined child, and Lord, I know that she will not stop until she brings your heaven to earth. And we are just so, so grateful for Fiona. Amen. Oh man, teen! I don't know if you can even see how tiny this one is, guys. We duck down. She is so itty bitty. <laughs> um, okay, Evelyn Jean.
1: Desired child, a gracious gift from God. God, we just lift up Evelyn to you right now, God, and even how she came into this world, God. Her story is powerful, God. Her life is powerful, and we just pray for the days ahead, God. I pray for ways for Matt and Annie just to lead her and shepherd her, God. And I just pray, I just see her as being glued to their family, God. There's so much purpose, and I just see her as such a gift. And I just pray that they don't take a day for granted, God, but they can just praise you in the small things and praise you in the big things, God. And I just pray for Evelyn's life. We declare it to you right now in your name. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Love you, baby girl. So sweet. Alright, it's your turn. Yeah, you're right. We are dedicating Evelyn Joan Marie and Mr. Maverick Donald Peter. So Evelyn Joan Marie, desire child, God is gracious, beloved. Maverick Donald Peter, independence, power, rock. I hope you're ready. <laughs> I hope you're ready. <laughs> God, thank you so much for this beautiful family. Um, Thank you for these incredible children that you have blessed us with. God, I just pray that their lives truly unite their family, that they become this tribe that is for you and that nothing can be against them because you are for them, God. God, I pray that no matter what is happening in this world, that they can just stay strong as a family unit, leaning on your love, on your goodness, for you are the rock on which we stand. And we are just so, so grateful. We love you, Lord. Amen.
1: Amen. Can I just say, I love that Evelyn has a Super Sam tattoo on her hand. <laughs> we handed out tattoos last week for Super Sam. That means it's great. It's a super insight. She's you super. Still.
2: It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay, we have Theodore Lucas, divine gift, bringer of light.
1: All right, we're going to just pray right now. And I just pray over his life, God. I pray that you will use him. God, I just sense childlike faith, God, for life. God, I pray for ways for him just to lead people. I pray for purpose. God, we just declare his life to you, God, and I just pray for him to pave the way and that he's gonna start new paths and new roads, God, and we just lift him up in your name. Amen. Amen. Good job, buddy. Okay, last and most
2: certainly not least, this beautiful family. Okay, we have Chor Emmanuel, which means rooted, opportunity. God is with us. We have Akira Dre, swift growth, call forth. Amira Lee Richly Cultivated and Shelter. I love all of these words for your beautiful family, Acacia. Let's take a minute and pray for them. God, thank you so much for these beautiful, beautiful children. Lord, we pray that they are rooted in your goodness. We pray that their life is full of opportunity to praise your name, to show your glory. We pray that their life brings growth to everything around it, that just their presence calls forth what you created them to be and what you created those around them to be. God, we pray that their life is so richly, cultivated in your truth above all else and that their presence and their mother's life creates this shelter around their family, this protection that nothing can stop them, that there is this tall hedge of protection surrounding each and every one of them and that nothing can stop them from living out your goodness. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate these beautiful families. You guys can make your way back to your seats. Yeah, let's help them up, actually. Can
1: you stand? Thank you, everyone. I just love child dedication. I love the reminder to all of us of how how much of a gift children are. Amen? What are you doing, babe? Mm -hmm.
3: Do you have socks on?
1: I think we're going to have to take them off, and you didn't let me get a pedicure
3: first. Hey, baby, baby.
1: you weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my.
3: So, attention. We always start the class, and what we do is we, we turn and face the flags, and we snoop our hand over our heart. We face the front. Now face the front. This Turn, point. babe.
2: Face with me. <laughs> Put your down.
3: So now, now
1: we always bow to our instructors to show respect. Okay. Right, so let's go on to a fighting
4: stance to start with. So your left foot's back.
1: Left foot's back. Are you playing right now? Get it together and be focused. Punch. Up. Up.
0: Up. Make sure
3: you got a good, a nice, balanced stance. Bend your knees a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm
0: sweating. Other side. Already?
3: Yes.
1: Oh, for the love.
0: Ready?
1: Up. <laughs> Up. I hate the left side. I don't know. It's just it's timer. harder. Up. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't do it. Up. <laughs> I'm like. Up. Andy, come on, Andy. Ready? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just doing? checking
3: out Christy. Safe no, you're
1: not. You're such a liar. What are we doing out.
3: next? Oh my Oh my God. Oh my God. Pump. Pump. Ball. How, how does my butt look in these?
1: Phenom. So, so from such here, a weirdo. Us, we want to to each other just to show respect. Oh, this is what we're gonna do every time we fight now.
3: What we tell our students is um, if there's any contact during this sequence of events, it's very light. You're just gonna step and punch and then freeze. Okay. Okay. And now you are gonna step back with your right foot to avoid it. Really? Be
1: gentle. You yes. all break and rule. Seriously? And you knew it. you proud of yourself for that?
3: I was ready. Foolish.
1: <laughs> <All right. laughs> he thinks it's funny. Oh let me just respect you again.
3: <laughs> Alright, so Chris okay. walk. So you only take one step back up. Be wow. gentle. <laughs>
1: Could you not be so, ex- what are you doing? Do it again. <laughs> Try harder. Try.
3: I'm typically usually, usually used You're to doing this
1: to her. You're such a liar. Lies. Okay, ready? Cast man, stand up. Let's go. Can you not hurt my hand? It's my blow drying hand in the salon.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: 21 years, we're working on it. It's good.
3: Still working, still fighting. Hey, I, we're, we're in the middle of a series called Contending for Us, and uh, I think we all agree that uh, it's worth fighting for things that are good. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, and you know what's good is honesty. Uh, the other thing that we learned in the midst of preparing for this series is it's difficult to do something new. Uh, but when you do and try something new, there's always a lesson to be learned. And, and honestly, uh, I've just had a blast doing that with you. And for the rest of you that are watching this Um, I'm sorry, and kind of not at the same time, that we're just real people (laughs) trying to make it through our relationship, uh, our marriage, and life. And so hopefully we brought you a a little bit of a a laugh this morning. Uh, But the series is based off a scripture in Nehemiah 4.14 that says, fight for your families, fight for your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. And what I'm hoping is this, is no matter... Uh, what relational context you're in, that you could take something out of today to apply into your everyday life. So it doesn't matter if you're married or you're single or, or you're divorced or dating or widowed. I really tr- truly believe that there's something that you could apply so that you re-enter into your life and make it a better space. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Amen.
1: So found a couple cute love letters that children wrote, thought I'd read those to you. So first letter that a child wrote is, thank you so much for being my mom. If I had a different mom, I would punch her in the face and go find you. Love, Brooke. She's
3: my girl. Karate chop.
1: Yes. What is love? Love is when you're missing some of your teeth, but you're not afraid to smile because you know your friends will still love you, even though some of you is missing. Emma, age six. She's on to something. What I love about that is, reading those letters, is it reminds me, this past week we talked to you about keeping score, and that a lot of times in relationships, we like to keep the negative scores. I know for me, that's how I have typically wanted to put points on the scoreboard. Well, that doesn't get as far in a game, the game of life. So every healthy relationship keeps the positive score. So that was our challenge to you last week. So after leaving last Sunday, I thought I can do this. It's going to be a positive week. I'm going to add in some positive points into our relationship. And then about 30 minutes into my week, I realized this is hard stuff. <laughs> but positive points. Positive points. Andy, do you have a positive point from the week?
3: Yeah, you tried to disinfect all my stinky workout clothes with vodka.
1: <laughs> you didn't say that last hour, <laughs> y'all. His clothes smell, and I heard she vodka's heard it works. a disinfectant. So I went to Trader Joe's liquor store, which I've never done. And I'm like, it's for laundry. That's why I'm buying it. And now Andy says our clothes all smell like vodka.
3: <laughs> Keyword, she tried. I give her a point for that. Come on, so that's somebody. Really, that's actually shaming me,
1: <laughs> not throwing a positive point. Andy swept the floor for our family. I was really excited. Some acts <laughs> and of service. And you act
3: like I don't ever do that.
1: You do. I'm keeping it positive.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't get a point if I did it all the time. Okay. If you wouldn't mind, again, again, I don't think you get anything but real with Christy and I. But, but can we all just admit relationships are difficult? You know, they are. Just they they they're a uh, context in which helps us grow, and uh, and and what I'm hoping for us together as a church, as and with also the number of visitors that are here for the for the child dedication, is that man we would. Pursue healthy relationships, that we pursue uh, winning together with that other person in our life or others in our life. And, and, and so, our hope with this series is contending uh, for, for us is really to leverage uh, the illustration of a scoreboard uh, and apply some of those concepts to those relationships. And so our big idea today is this, is every healthy relationship is, keyword is committed to the same team. Someone say amen out there. I mean, come on, someone get a point. Say that louder than you just did. Okay. All healthy relationships are committed to the same team, not just on one. And And we've all been on a team where there are people who are committed and some people that Maybe are perceived as not being on one, and so my question to you today is: This is, is what are you committed to yep. in life? Who are you committed to? And 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 when we 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 maybe psychoanalyze ourselves in, in those types of questions, one thing I found when I start asking myself that question is there's one thing that comes against my commitment first and that is selfishness. The number one prohibitor of commitment is self. It's my selfish nature. How many would agree with you that, that your relationship truly reveals your true colors? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like for some of you that are single, like God bless your soul. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's awesome. And, and, then, and then for some reason, we choose to get married. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing each other for who you are. And you begin to see yourself for who you are. And, and, and you know, if you aren't married, then maybe, maybe some of you, you've gotten engaged and you've realized that. And, and if, you're, if you're not single or you're not, you're not married, then maybe, maybe you grew up in a family and you had that younger sister who brought out all those true colors. <laughs> and if you're a parent in this room, you, you would agree with me that once you had kids, holy cow, yeah. you begin to see yourself for who you are. And so, so what I want to do today is just lean into this idea that it's not good enough just to compete to be on this team. What's important is that we are committed yeah. to this team. Can I hear an amen out there? And so we're leaning into this, this Old Testament character named Jacob, which, by the way, he might be one of the most relationally dysfunctional individuals in the book. And so what I want to do is not necessarily learn something from him, but learn something in spite of him and some of the things that he did. And can we do that? You know, like we learn not, what not to do. And at the same time, uh, what I've noticed is I would say there's two parts of his story. There is the pre- uh, the pre river story and the post river story and today we 're going to lean into into that river in uh, really the crossing of the river uh, but I, I want to tell you this is Jacob not only one of the most relationally dysfunctional individuals, I believe he was one of the also one of the most Definitive selfish individuals in the Old Testament, but God still chose to use him. Which I love these types of stories because if God can use Jacob, He can sure use me, and He can use you. Can I hear an amen out there? You know, say we need some hope today. So, if you have your Bibles, open up to Genesis chapter thirty-two. Genesis chapter thirty-two, and the context is this: is Jacob has left his home country. And in the process of leaving his, fleeing for his life, he's, he's now married, a, 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 a kind of tricked to marry two of these women from the same family, and, and now he's accrued wealth. In fact, he is a very, very wealthy man, and he's about to leave what he's been in for about 20 years, and he's going to cross the river and potentially meet his biggest challenge, and that, his, that is his brother who's carrying a grudge. And, and so, so although Jacob is very rich, I just want to remind you, he's very rich in certain areas. He's very poor in others. And so let's read uh, G- Genesis thirty-two twenty-two. says this. That night, Jacob got up, and he took his two wives, his two female, female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok, which by the way means emptying. He crossed emptying, okay? So this is this is su- supposed to grab our attention that this is m- probably not the highlight of his life. This is actually a pressurized moment in his story. In verse 23 it says after he sent across the stream after he sent them so his family across the stream he sent over all of his possessions. And in verse 24, it simply states this, Jacob was left alone. Yep. Jacob was left alone. And, and what I want to do is this, is I want to pause here and, and, and just help us realize that being left alone is not the worst thing that can happen to us. Left alone is not the worst thing that can happen to us. But I I think what can be the worst is this, is being left alone and not taking advantage of that moment to allow God to step into our life and to refine us and to lead us and to help us cross the river into the best life that God has ordained us to have.
1: Yeah, when I look at my life of seasons of loneliness or feeling alone, there's one season that stands out to me the most, and it, my freshman year of college, I went to University of Minnesota Duluth, and I had this significant growth year when it came to my spiritual faith. And so for nine months, I was growing in my faith and making all these changes, and so as I was wrapping up my freshman year, I was planning on moving home to Red Wing and working my high school jobs and just doing the normal like post-freshman year thing. And that, as school was wrapping up, I felt this tug on my heart that God was saying, I think you should stay in Duluth for the summer. And so I had a conversation with my parents. They were on board, and we decided, let's give it two weeks and see if you can get a job, because I didn't have a job lined up, and find a place to stay, because my lease didn't start until mid August. So I needed about four months of housing. And so for the two weeks, I get up to Duluth, and my first friend, Jen, said, Chris, you can crash on my couch. She lived in a one bedroom, tiny little apartment. So I showed up with my purple Huffy bike, because that was my wheels. Yep, humbling in a hilly city and then a laundry basket suitcase. And so I get there and I start applying for all these jobs. Um, Like first night there, I'll never forget my parents dropping me off in their minivan saying bye. It was way scarier for me that night compared to freshman year of them dropping me off. Because freshman year, I was in this building with strangers but knew I could make some friends. Here, I'm like, what am I going to do? All my friends were moving home, but God knew. And in two weeks' time, I got three jobs, and that summer ended up playing out to be me living with my friend, Jen, as she got engaged, in that two-week time period, she got engaged to her boyfriend, Ben. Then I moved in with my friends, Ryan and Krista, who were newlyweds, married one year, lived with them for over a month, and then I moved in with my friend, Marissa, in another one-bedroom place, sleeping on a couch. And she I lived with her until she got married, August 26th of that summer. And so I bring that up because that summer, God knew I needed to be a part of these people's lives, basically their third wheel in all these relationships. But what I didn't realize at the time is I needed to see three healthy relationships. I needed to witness and observe men honoring the women, living out their, you know, like, just like living pure lives, following Jesus, seeking each other, and for me that that was a summer where there was a lot of tears there was a lot of me saying who am I going to be who do I want to be what do I want to become but I was alone and there was moments of panic there was moments of what did I make the wrong decision but God wanted to shape me in that story in that season through learning through these people because that there was opportunities and sometimes when we're alone I can have a pity party I can pout I can be angry. I can just be having my head down and I miss it. There's opportunities to be had though. And so for that, it was God saying, there's opportunity in your aloneness this season.
3: Absolutely. And it was something that shaped you really, really big time oh, yeah. to help you maybe navigate the future thing. So although you experienced a sense of loneliness, it wasn't the worst thing for you.
1: No, it was, the, it was one of the most pivotal three months, four months of my life of honestly just figuring out who I was. I mean, 18 years old, there's so many questions that you have. And I just think there was so much noise my freshman year, living in a dorm and doing the freshman year things and making a lot of mistakes. That I needed that loneliness to really seek out who I wanted to be.
3: Absolutely. I, I think uh, if we can learn something in spite of Jacob today uh, this is what would be in, in really following with Christie's story, is this, is I have to fight me before I can fight for we. Mm-hmm. And those moments of aloneness which again, I think there's a difference between aloneness, aloneness and loneliness. Yeah. Loneliness might be something you feel, but alone, aloneness is an opportunity where God can bring authenticity to your life. So let me, let me say that again. I have to fight me so then I can fight for we. Yep. And aloneness, I believe, is the context in which we can wrestle with ourself and yet have a truthful uh, contention with God and a match that allow him to begin to shape us into the people that God wants us to be within relationships. Uh, continuing on the story verse 24 I'd mentioned Jacob was left alone and what happens next is a man wrestles with him till daybreak I'm telling you that is my type of night I love wrestling I had an older brother and boy we wrestled I mean we wrestled dirty you know what I'm saying it was it was not approved wrestling. It was who can hurt each other the most, who can make, make each other squeal. But uh, Jacob wrestled with God, and it says, when the man saw, so this is God in the story, Okay, when God saw that he could not overpower Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched or dislocated as he wrestled with him or with the man. And then the man said, and again, that man figure, in essence, a lot of people, a lot of Christians believe that's Jesus. The man said this, let go for it is time. It is time. It's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And and what I want to do is get to this point in, in our relationships where we refuse to let go. And again, I, I, I started it, this whole kind of message and this thought pattern with this idea, like if there's something that's gonna get between you and your relationship, it's selfishness. But also something that I think can compel Your relationship is if you give God that selfishness and you let him begin to redefine it within the struggle of life and the context you find yourself in. And what I love about Jacob is this, is he was so stubborn and he said to God, he's like, no, I will not let go until you bless me. And which God replies back, as jacob is wrestling him right with that man and he says your name will no longer be jacob which means heel holder but you will be called israel which means god prevails because you have struggled with god and with humans and have overcome what i love that about that word struggle in that specific scripture it means to contend that you have contended with God and you have contended with humans, but you have not given up. And what I want to do today is inspire us to not give up on that relationship. And you know what that relationship is in your mind. It could be your spouse. It could be your friend. It could be your relative. It could be your engaged relationship. It could be, honestly, your state of singleness, in the relationship with self. I don't know what it is, but God wants to remind you today it is not time to give up. It's time to continue to fight. It's time to continue to contend and to lean in, in in the midst of our aloneness, right? In the midst of our selfishness and say, Lord, what could you do in this context? What could you do in this context? So before I overcome myself, I believe what we must do is first, honestly, contend with God. And 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 honestly, that, that is extremely hard, and 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 I'm not saying that's very easy. And when I say contending with God, I think uh, some of you could hear this and go, "Okay, what well, are you talking about? Like like figuratively, or are you talking about like contending with God and prayer, or or these little mini conversations with what's, what's on my mind?" That's uh, not exactly what I mean today. What what I think it would be absolutely practical for your life and your relationships is if you begin to contend. With God's word, like legitimately contend with his word. There are certain things that are written that I don't necessarily prefer. There are some certain things that are in scripture that I just know they're not easy. And in context of a relationship, I want to remind you about the Ten Commandments. And I want you to view them in a different way in a different light. And I'm only going to go over a few of them today. But how about this one? When it comes to your relationship, when's the last time you applied the first commandment in the 10 commandments? Do not put any other God before me. I know so many relationships, so many relationships where the people involved put the other in front of God. I know so many stories of people that were single and the idealism of being married or being with someone becomes a God in itself. And I think if we're going to be healthy relationally, it would be something to contend with, with, with God specifically in that way. How about this one? This is another commandment. Honor your mother and father. How about this one? Relationally apply that to your life. Honor the other. Yep. Honoring Christy isn't always, it doesn't always come natural to me. <laughs> and that's my awkward laugh. And that was her laugh saying, yeah, you're right. <laughs> But but what if I were to to wrestle with that, wrestle against what I want and how I feel and what I want the outcome to be and say, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wrestle long enough to let God's word shape me to be a man of honor in that specific relationship. What I think I want you to hear with this story about Jacob is this, is it's not time to give up. It, it, I think some of us are in relational context or, or in a part of our story where, man, we're just struggling and and honestly, we are limping along. But I just want to remind us today that every healthy relationship is committed to the same team, and now is not the time to give up. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah,
1: yeah, to not give up. I think so often commitment is a thing that we naturally struggle with. When I look around and just society and how we live, and today we wanna equip you, we wanna give you some takeaways on just evaluating what are you committed to? Who are you committed to? And number one, who's on your team? Is it you by yourself, or do you have people on your team? Because it's a me and a you. It's us together. And if, if we're going to be committed, we need to be committed to the home team. We need to be committed to fight for and not against. And for sure, the resistance daily, even this past week, we had, we, there was, there's tension. There's the moments where I'm like, man, this is so hard. I just want to fight against, and and my flesh wants to fight, and then I need to take a pause and say, I'm going to fight for you. And sometimes it's taking a deep breath or stopping and saying, can we start over? We want to equip you in your commitments is to commit in the struggle against yourself. What do you struggle with? For me, I struggle with selfishness. I naturally am so selfish. I feel like it's getting, I said to Andy last night, is it getting better or worse? I feel like it's getting worse. But it's just that selfishness of I deserve or I need this time or just fighting for balance and self-care and fighting for the just wanting, wanting things my way, not his way, not our way. So that commitment in the struggle. And then four, or third is commit to not give up. When I look at my relationships that are the most important to me, it's we're, I'm not quitting. I have to have that mentality, that mindset if I'm thinking of my marriage, I can't go into this marriage saying, well, we're going to be married, but if this happens and we're not, and that's honestly what my flesh wants to do. I want to, there is moments where I'm like, what did I sign up for? Who is this person? Who am I? How are we here? Those are things that go through my head. And for you, if you're sitting in here and maybe you've walked away from relationships or you've walked away from family, I'm not here to shame you, condone you. I'm here to equip you and challenge you to fight for the commitments that God's put in front of you, to fight for the relationships and to not give up. And I think in order to do that, we need to speak it out. You know, we say things to our girls all the time. We're committed to you. We're committed to you. We're not quitting. We're not giving up. And we need to speak that in. We can't assume they know that. If you're in the workplace, it's showing your team, I'm committed to this. It's showing up. I struggle with showing up on time. It's being a person of your word. It's committed to what is in front of you and committing to what you've said.
3: So every healthy relationship is committed to the same team and not just on one. So Christy gave you these three things that we need to be committed to. And, And the other thing we have to understand as we're committed to the same team is to recognize who's on that team and who is not on the team. And let me just tell you three, three people that, 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 that like we can be kind of confused about who's on our team and who's not on our team. Uh, one thing, or one person for sure that's not on our team is Satan, the devil, principalities and powers that are moving against you to destroy your family unit and your relationship. That is his one goal. When God created the earth, the very first organization that he created was family not the church. And that's what the enemy has been pushing against the whole time. So let's recognize that that even though we may feel tension in the, midst, in the midst of our relationship, it's not really us that we're supposed to be fighting against, but we're supposed to be fighting against the one that's trying to destroy the relationship in the first place. The second... I, people or type of group that's not really on our team, but sometimes it feels like it, is the people that influence us and people that we influence it, okay? Or let me say it like this, the people we follow are the people that are following us or our online community. It's so, so often, and I'd even say it like this, culture. Culture can become such a large voice into our relationship, and we begin to believe the lie that culture really cares about the outcome of our life where our followers care about the outcome of our life. Let us remind ourselves that those are not the people that are truly on our team, but there are people in proximity that are more important. And then the last thing I think we have to be careful when it comes to people that, are, that they can kind of destroy a relationship or destroy that commitment is this, is be careful about you because you can be your worst enemy. And again, we've said that over and over again, but our selfish, the selfish nature, let, let's identify it and just recognize that, that we are always going to be called to die to ourselves within relationships.
1: I think one thing I've learned as I've slowly matured over the years is the people who aren't on my team, I shouldn't give a voice to. And so oftentimes that when I've struggled, if you're thinking physical game, I get so hung up on the whispers in the crowd, the bleachers, the people that are the bystanders in your life. And that can be social media, that can be people that aren't in close proximity. Another thing I've struggled with is if I'm, if I'm mad at Andy, okay? And some maybe, just an example. We're having a hard time. And I go to work and you go into the break room and I choose to just lay it all out, our dirty laundry, and I give all these people permission basically to start speaking into that. And I'm not saying you can't have friends with your coworkers and things like that and relationships. But for me, if, as I've matured, I know the people that are on my team that are gonna fight for us, that are gonna speak life into us when I'm struggling. So it's me being strategic and mature on who am I gonna open up to? Who is my safe place? How am I gonna let them in? I remember back when I was in high school venting about my mom to one of my friends, like just going off about my mom being an angsty 16 year old. <laughs> and my friend responds with calling my mom a name as we're talking, like a swear word. And I was like, whoa, 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 you just called my mom a swear word. But But she just like started playing into what I was saying. And it was this convicting moment that changed my life of why am I venting like this about my mom to this person? Like I want to talk to someone that I, that can, Christy, maybe you need to talk to your mom or like to challenge me to listen, but to guide me in a healthy route and not just like throw an air to it. I think of people struggling. I've seen it so often that we're, we're airing out what we're struggling with. And what's, what's their answer? Let's go to the bar. Let's go, let's go use some drugs. Let's go do this. Or you, you have every right to just sleep around in this season. You're validated. Walk away. I mean, the ter- like, have any of you ever gotten bad advice? I have. And so I'm sitting there going, dude, that's terrible advice. And then I'm going, well, I just told them all these things. So it's choosing who give someone permission to speak into it and vo- voice who is physically on your team and who is for you. So we wanna give you some handles today as this can be a little overwhelming. And handles for us are some takeaways, some things to brew on, to process in the next week. So number one, we want you to identify what you have to let go of. Identify who you need to let go of, maybe. Maybe it's an addiction in your life. Maybe it's something that you're putting before your relationship with God or you're putting before your relationship with your family or just creating the order. Again, and evaluating. Maybe you need to let go of your pride and say, I need help. Or saying things like, I am opening the conversation with I'm selfish. Help me. Maybe you need to let go of bitterness, greed, anger. You know, anger, it's it shows up and it manifests in me, and then it turns into shame because I've let out some anger and now I'm embarrassed, or now I have shame because of how I just responded to this person idealism. Maybe you're too idealistic. Maybe you need to let go of some hatred. Or the hard one, unforgiveness. Maybe letting go of that unforgiveness. Second is identifying what you are holding on to. So there's so much power in facing the reality, to face where you're at, to say it out loud in a conversation with God or with someone that is safe. Third is to tell the person who you are committed to that you are committed to them. We are not to live a life of assumptions. If I say, Andy, I need you to say I love you, you already know I love you. It doesn't work like that. It's every day, I love you, and this is why I love you. We say to our kids, we are committed to you. This past fall, we were in our living room with our small little team here at Echo, and there's five of us. It's Jen and Isaiah And Sam and Andy and I, and we had a very vulnerable moment with our team where there was tears shed and we looked at them, Andy and I looked at them and said, we are committed to you. We felt this urge and this nudge to not just assume they know we're committed, but we love them for who they are and not what they do. And we went around and we took time and we held space and we opened up and we spoke life into them. And I think so often that we are waiting for someone to do that for us, but we're not willing to do it for them. And so maybe today it's thinking, who, have, who do I need to say I'm committed to? Who do I need to reposition my life and prioritize and speak that into them and thank them? Maybe it's going to your boss tomorrow and saying, I'm committed to this and I haven't been pulling my weight. Maybe it's repenting and saying, I've been gossiping or I've been talking about this person and I'm in the wrong. But it's saying it and using your voice and telling your friend, telling your spouse, telling your significant other. If you're co-parenting but you're not with your significant other anymore, maybe it's we're committed to our kids. And we need to do this. And I just think that in order for us to do that, we need to die to ourselves. We need to die to our own things that we're holding on to. We need to listen to what God is saying. We need to speak it out. We need to look in the mirror. We need to face the people in our life and look at them in the eyes and remember why we committed in the first place. It's to call out, it's to submit, and it's to ask God. And so if I've learned anything in this humbling season that we've been on, even in just preparing for this series, is Andy and I, as you saw, we did some Taekwondo, which I'm terrible at, but we've been doing these things that we were doing for the first time on camera, highly recommend. And so we've, we've done some kickboxing, we've ta- we went to Taekwondo, and recently we tried some pickleball action, okay? Anyone play pickleball here? It's hard, okay? So I went in thinking, I got this, I played tennis in 1995, let's go. It's different. So I walked onto that court two separate times now, and it was humbling, I think we lost all the matches, but we were a team, we were a pair, we learned some things. And what was said is some hurtful words were spoken over me, guys, as my friends were saying, well, Christy's really competitive, she's not good. Like, she's competitive, but she's not an athlete, she's out of shape, like, thank you, friends, you're awesome. And I'm teasing them. But what I learned in that moment that I felt God say to me is Christy, being competitive is not gonna win the game. Being committed is. And maybe you're competitive and that's just like in like who I'm wired to be. But it's I I can't walk onto a court that I've never played a game expecting to win. You can't walk into work or your relationships or your home and say, I'm not committed to this, but it's gonna work out. It's it's the seven days a week of practice. I should have probably watched some YouTube videos, learned some things, and then applied it, had some talks with Andy about how to play the game before walking onto that court. And so today, I want to remind you that you are in this to win it, but you are in this to be committed to win the game. And it's not necessarily about winning, but it's the we. If you are doing life with people, you're winning. And so, Echo Church, we just love it if you could stand. We just want to pray over you as we close service. And every week we say a prayer, and if this is the first time you've said this prayer or first time in a long time, this is just a moment for us to say, God, we need you, and voice that he is our provider and he is Jesus. So you can say this prayer with me. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name, in his authority, amen.
3: Thank you, Christy. Jacob, in his aloneness, had to let go and wrestle. And when he got on the other side of the river, you can see that his life was changed. And today, Echo Church, just for the next few moments, I just sense that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you some of the things that you need to let go of and to others that you need to never let go of. So Lord, we're here. We're your vessels. May you continue to speak to us and lead us and guide us and help us become the people you've called us to be. In Jesus' name.
5: Chandi, built on Your Majesty. Let every
0: Are we so thankful? I don't know about you, but it was an awesome Sunday to see a bunch of children in our ministry and in our church be dedicated unto the Lord. So we just want to extend a special welcome to the families for being here and thank you for being you. And I don't know about you, but relationships. Let's just take a second to wrap things up here. Uh, They're not easy, right? If we're being honest, they are hard. And, you know, it's been a super awesome thing uh, for me to dive into with our youth ministry as well as relationships. We have the the teen boys that are like, give me all the romance and how to be better. And then the girls are like, yes, find me a man. You know, like what? So much pressure. Uh, Anyway, but one thing that I love taking away from today from Pastor Andy and Christy is we have to focus in on ourselves and our relationship with God if we are going to extend and be better in our relationships. Amen? Amen. And I don't think we could be too young or too old to hear that. So I just want you to take away. Let's work on our relationship with God and for ourselves this week um, and see where that may take us in Jesus' name. Uh, we love to celebrate some people around here. So if you maybe said that prayer with us for the first time, recommitted your life to God in this place, we just want to lift you up and celebrate you. So let's give it up for those people today. So awesome. And also we want to celebrate. If it's your first time here at Echo, we also want to say welcome to you again. Let's give it up. Um, We just want to uh, give you a coffee gift card in the back. But Echo Church, we are so thankful you are here and we hope you join us again next week. We will see you guys later. Adios.